You're tuned in to The Keetra Show and listening to SOB, Style of Business, the podcast with your host, Keetra. We aim to highlight the ongoing trek of entrepreneurs and business owners from around the globe, featuring stories that recount their struggles, experiences, and inevitable road to success and self-fulfillment. Welcome to SOB. Hello and welcome to another episode of Style of Business, SOB. I am your host, Keetra, and today I have another wonderful guest with us. We will be speaking to Mrs. Rachel Johnston, who is an attorney and entrepreneur. She's going to delve into some of her business practices, her expertise, background, and give us all the good things that she has going on for the summertime. So I want you guys to tune in, grab a seat, and let's hand it over to Ms. Johnston and, and get the ball rolling. Thank you so much, Rachel. Thank you, Keetra. Thank you so much for inviting me as a guest. As she stated, I'm Rachel Johnston. I am an entertainment attorney licensed in the state of New York as well as Washington State. I'm also a talent agent licensed in the state of California. And most recently, I just acquired an office, a branch office in L.A. So I'm very excited about that opportunity. What I do is I work with people in the talent industry or entertainment industry. I work with artists, up-and-coming artists, indie artists, of course. I also work with actors, actresses, people who are shopping their reality TV projects, comedians, just anyone who has some type of creative talent. Busy lady. Extremely busy. And I bet you you, you deal with a lot of different projects and get to have a different set of opportunities each day. So that's good. Yes, I do, because I can, I'm working between the law practice, which I do the entertainment law, and I also do some family and divorce law, so that keeps me pretty busy. So I'm working between that and the talent agency. But my passion, of course, is the talent agency and working with the creative talent. Exactly. Yeah, and I know that you and I have, have been in constant communication within the last couple of years or so, and in regards to your law practice, I know that's how you initially got started before you moved into the entertainment aspect of things. But give us a, a background or overview, if you will, if you will, about how you got started in the entertainment industry. And, and, and also, if you want to touch into the, the law aspect of it, that'd be great as well. Well, thank you. Back in 2006, I was, of course, working in my law practice. I owned a practice. I had staff. And one day... I decided I wanted to do my passion. I wanted to work in my area of passion. So I decided that I would be a manager for a local artist. I was her manager for a short period of time and got a chance to go down to L.A. with her. We booked the deal, went down, a performance rather, and went down to L.A. And we took just a whole box of her her recordings or her CD. And we decided to try and sell those CD as she performed. And I was able to sell all of her CDs. So I wow. said, wait a minute, there's something to this. I start selling actually on the plane before we landed in LA. So we sold to a lot of people there. And although LA is a great place for people of talent, we were able to get attention for her. So that sort of sparked a greater interest. And then after that, I just started attending seminars, conferences between L.A. and New York. And that's how it started. I caught the bug. And <laughs> I've had it since. Exactly. Yeah. And, it's, and, and artist management, like we all know, that that is a very time consuming 
and requires a lot of responsibilities, but it sounds like it's something that you enjoy. Well, I enjoyed the, I moved from management to the agent because there is a distinct difference. The manager has to have the patience to do the, the everyday daily things that an artist require. You are the one who will hire the entertainment attorney. The manager will help hire the talent agent and also hire the business manager or the accountant. So there's a lot of work involved with being a manager. Whereas an agent is primarily interested in finding gigs or opportunities for the talent. So it's a mm-hmm. little different. It's the one that's trying to bring the money to the table specifically. Ah, there you go. Yeah. And that's, that's, you know what? You, you definitely explain that in a way that a lot of independent artists can understand because you know, sometimes, you know, people that may not know a lot about how to go to how, how to go about acquiring a, a talent agent, they think that the manager not only is supposed to be managing, but also getting the, the bookings and the shows and the opportunities. So that's great that you went in and made that distinction. Thank you. Yeah. And so I would assume that is your focus area. Like that's what you enjoy most is, is, is the talent, getting the different engagements, the gigs and things like that. And as far as the representation that you provide, is there a certain set of criteria that you look for when you start scouting artists, or how do you go about building your your talent roster? Well, first of all, I have to let, uh, I'm sure most of the artists know, it's hard to really find an agent who's going to work hard for you. It's hard to recruit an agent because agents work strictly on commission basis. An agent can make anywhere from 10 to 15% of your gross amount. Mm -hmm. So the agent is going to make sure that the person, the candidate, the talent is going to Definitely be, first of all, serious, committed, and talented, someone who's going to be commercial. So if you work hard and you make yourself available and you are professional, then if you stay at it, I think you can find an agent. It's just something that you just have to make sure that you develop into that person that the agent want to work with. Something that they want to work with. Yeah. And, and with the independent artists that, that you deal with, and I know you work nationwide as far as, you know, booking the different engagements, but I guess, how do you go about coming up with a game plan for each independent artist? Like what, what is it that you look for when you're trying to figure out, okay, you know, I feel like this person may be good for this particular market, or I need to take this project and position it here in this market. Like, how do you go about putting together that game plan? Okay, well, first of all, if I'm working with an artist, that means that artist has has demonstrated that they have talent, that they are unique, and that they are professional, and that they want it more than anything. And make sure it's the artist's desire and not the parent's desire that this artist do well in entertainment. So that's the first thing that I determine. And once I've determined that they have talent and that they are definitely going to be committed, then the next thing that I do is I look to see what they've done. I look at their history. I look at the places they've performed. I look and see how many CDs they've done and who are they working with, who's on their team. And then I write a strategic plan. And the strategic plan is tailored on that individual artist because every person's different. There's no cookie cutter approach to that. And and yeah, that, that definitely takes time. Do you have like any specific genre preferences or musical types that you go for or, or what, what, your, what kind of helps you to determine which projects you work aside from the talent? Okay, well, of course, I have a natural bend towards the urban music, hip hop, 
I like jazz and, and even rap. And I want to say, though, with rap and hip hop, I only work with artists that are willing to present clean lyrics. Right. Yeah. And I'm getting a lot of artists that are sending me music through my inbox on Facebook. And the first thing I ask, make sure there are no N words and there are no B words. And besides, I can't present your music to an entertainment executive if those if those words are present. Right. Yeah. And I think what a lot of artists look at is they look at those artists who have already made it, who have those words. But believe me, those words are placed there on their CDs. It's not music that's presented to the executive for consideration. So that's what I tell them. Always have a radio ready version of your music. Radio ready. Yeah, that's definitely important. Even, you know, when you're, when you're talking about professional presentation, you want to make sure that it is presented in a way that's, you know, you're the person that's having to speak on behalf of this artist. So of course you don't want to put forth anything that's going to, you know, have you looked at in a certain way. So I, I definitely understand that. Yes. And not just that. Also it's respect for the person's listening and then also the artist. Whenever I approach a situation, okay, let's talk about press kits. Yeah. I want the press kit to be professional because it speaks for the artist. It's like your resume when you apply for a job. It speaks to who you are and want to make sure that it reflects very favorably upon my artist as well as myself. So then that particular entity that I am approaching and pitching to will definitely have an appreciation and will notice that. And I think that's the first, that's the first step to trying to get in the door trying to get a door yeah and so so many artists or even independent talent in general they just understanding that very first thing of having something professionally presented is what's going to you know have people look at you give you a, a look you definitely hit some great points and so it's, it's go ahead i'm sorry oh yeah yes it's, and then also in the cd if, if you like I, i'll be glad to share just some basic points of things that need to be addressed and I'm sorry, in the press kit, not the CD, but the press kit. Well, first of all, you want to make sure that you have about three to four songs that you've written and performed, or just even if they're just cover songs, just to demonstrate your talent. And then it wouldn't be bad to have at least one video of your performance. And then you want maybe a full-size picture of you, or maybe one or two others, and some testimonials. Testimonials are those quotes that people who like you can will be glad and proud to say, yes, John was a, is a great performer. I saw him on December 24th and he did a great show. And, and then that person will have their name in their town just to show that it's a real person or maybe it could be their position. Maybe they are the owner of the venue where you performed, but it's good to have those in there as well. And any other press release that you may have. Press of release, course, yeah. a lot of artists just starting out don't have press release, but if you do, make sure you keep copies. Yeah, keep copies and things like past reviews, uh, live performance reviews, and, and just, yes. like you said, the testimonials are, are definitely carry weight when it comes to people considering you for talent bookings or different engagements, rather. That's correct. That's correct. And then if you perform it and you're going, to have, you're going to have a great number of people in your audience, you have a lot of fans appearing, see if you can get your manager to do a press release to the local paper or maybe the local person who has an online a blog or whatever could come out and uh, watch you. Then they can go back and they can do a write-up about you. Great ideas. Great tools to use. And so I think that that is uh, key 
especially for independent artists when it's when it comes to festivals. I know during the summertime there's a lot of different live events where you where artists that are just kind of breaking into the industry get opportunities to perform. And even if they're doing you know, unpaid gig performances, having that as live performance footage, something that they could share with the, the different managers, the booking agents and marketing directors that you deal with at, the, at those those venues would be a tool that they can have and um, show people what, they, what they're working with, if you will. So, That's true. Yes. That's true. So I agree with you there. I agree with you there. Do you, do you feel like there's any specific industry trend that swayed the promoters or the the booking those those individuals that secure talent do you do you feel like there's any current industry trends that are kind of you know filtering through and and helping people determine what sort of acts they're looking to book do you think it's like the sounds of music or any type of trends that you that you can think of yes yes i think so i think industry people will always consider what is it that the fan base wants Remember, ah, okay. today, our music is driven by fans. It's a fan-driven industry. Now, a few years ago, it was a record label, but not any longer because fans have access. They have access to technology. They have access to social media. So what industry industry people will look at, they will look at your numbers. They will go and they will look at your social media sites. Get those numbers high. Get some good quality fans on board. Make sure that you have an Instagram page. Make sure you have a Snapchat account. Make sure that you're on Twitter. Make sure you're on Facebook and you're involved in Facebook groups. And the other thing is, although LinkedIn is looked at to be sort of this white collar type, just professional job type people, take a look at LinkedIn. And again, because LinkedIn has groups for music artists as well as for people in the entertainment industry, and they have a lot of articles and have a lot of key people who are there to, that can try and connect to you as well within those LinkedIn groups. Wonderful. Yeah. And you know what? You, you actually just sparked a thought while you were talking about the social media. What, would, what advice would you like? How can you actually navigate there's so many different social media platforms that are popping up all over the place you you know as an artist or even as an entrepreneur you would like to kind of have that visibility across multiple platforms but it's impossible you know to be like instagram facebook snapchat all of the ones that you mentioned what do you think would be well first of all how would what advice do you have for being able to utilize multiple platforms and what should the artists be posting or the what should we post on there like what sort of things would you advise as far as posting well first of all if the artist doesn't have the time to do it i would advise that the artist get one of their trusted fans it could be a college student it could be a young lady who has who has great talent on the internet who knows social media somebody like that you could she you could give her or him the title of your president of your fan club Oh, yeah. and, the, and the fan club is a whole different entity that will grow organically on its own. But it would be the fan, it would be in honor of you. So then that way you can drive up the numbers. And that person, for sure, you're right, there are a lot of social media sites, but the ones that I would really, really urge that the artists have a presence on would be, of course, Twitter, Snapchat, and Instagram. Now, there's a new app that's out there that I'm really asking people to consider, my artist that I work with, and it's called Busker. Busker is B as in boy, U-S-T, 
B-U-S-K-E-R, busker.co. That's how you find it. And busker is a live streaming. And by the way, live streaming and video is the way to go. Even the president or the CEO, Mark Zuckerberg, has said with Facebook, that is his top priority because people now are moving towards video and live streaming. So on Busker, just quickly, an artist can perform, and there's, a, there's three buttons there, and if one of your fans is there watching you perform, they can give money, they can give you tips through PayPal, directly to you. Oh, and then, yes, yes, it's a hot thing, and it's just, it's just started the latter part of April, it's brand new. And you're, you have a reach that's national. If I'm not mistaken, it may be international by now. So I follow artists on there. I don't give donations, but there's an artist that I met from Manhattan just by going on Busker and watching her. And she will take requests for performances from music within her repertoire. So be creative. Stand out from the crowd. So when you can demonstrate that you can do all these things and the numbers don't lie, then that executive will say, hey, this person has already built an organic fan base. Then let's see what we can do now to take them to that next level because they demonstrated that they are popular. And don't forget YouTube either. Oh, yeah, definitely YouTube. Well, I tell you what, the Busker, that sounds like a revolutionary platform. Like everything sounded similar to some of, you know, like Instagram, some of the other platforms that are out there as far as posting images. And I know Snapchat does the, the live stream. But when you mentioned that you could actually provide a tip or pay for, you know, just because of, like maybe if you're at an event and you want to tip somebody $10 or say, hey, there's a couple mm -hmm. of dollars for your performance. I've never, I, I haven't seen an app like that or a platform like that before. So that definitely sounds like something worth looking into. And if I could add on to that, there's a third button. There's a button for payment and then there's a button for just showing a like, like you would on any social media. And there is a green button and it has not been activated, but it will be activated in about six weeks. And the artist can sell merchandise oh, wow. directly from that. And a person... A fan or someone in the audience can buy merchandise or CD or whatever directly on the video, from the video. From the video. So there's a retail aspect to it. Yes. Yeah, you can't. Well, I, I'm certainly going to get nosy uh, <laughs> after, <laughs> after this. I'll definitely check that out after the interview. But, no, that's that's perfect. I've actually written that down in bold cap letters, busker.co. And I'll, I'll share that advice with some of the independent acts that we come across as well. This is another thing that I want to ask. I know you've already touched on, you know, just some of the resources and some of the insight that, that you have when it comes to working with aspiring artists or just people in the entertainment industry. But what what specific advice? If I were an artist starting out today and I called you and we were just going through a brief consultation, what specific advice would you just kind of give me? And then also, in addition to that question, do you refer independent artists or new new clients that you work with to any specific support networks or resources as you as you work with them so first let's answer the question about the advice and then we'll move on to the, the resources or support networks great that is a very good question thank you so much Katria well first of all I will ask the artist to establish a business so that it, when they begin to make money they have a legitimate business because when you earn money from performances you know, it's subject to taxes oh, and yeah. you are required to establish a business. You can call it whatever you need to call it, but check with your local, your local city, county and your state 
to see what it entails to open a business. And then that's the first thing that I would do. Secondly, I would hire a personal manager. Get someone that has skills in that area, not just your your parents or an uncle, unless they happen to have skills, that's fine. And then once you get that personal manager on board, then that manager can help you recruit an entertainment attorney. That's very important because this industry is very driven by contracts. A lot of famous people today who've made it didn't have the right contracts in place. And then once you break out and you become famous, then people come out of the woodwork, you know, because you didn't have the right contract. I'll give you an example. If you go into a studio as an artist, you don't know this, but even if you pay the producer, the producer, if you do not have the right contract that says to work for hire under copyright, U.S. copyright law, then guess what? The producer owns the masters. Oh, wow. Even if you pay them a million dollars, you have to make sure that they understand that it's your your property and it's a work for hire, et cetera, et cetera. And an attorney would be the one that be, that would have to create this this contract for you. Now they would be subject to receiving royalties, but they will not own the music, uh, the masters. And as everyone know, the masters are very important, right? Yeah, correct. So that's a big mistake right there. So make sure you get an attorney on board. And then thirdly, I would advise you to get either an accountant or what you call a business manager, which is different than your personal manager. They deal more with the business and accounting aspect of your business. And in reference to referrals, what I would do is I've referred my artists to publicists or to public relations people. I refer them to graphics people for building websites because you need a website. Everybody needs a website. You need an online presence. And if you need uh, better, if you need coaching in the vocal area, then I would refer you to a voice coach or a vocal coach. Yeah. So you're you're and that's you're actually doing more than just providing a service as a as an attorney or as a talent agent, but you're really helping to kind of cultivate those careers and getting people to the next level. Because you don't, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to give them resources or different ideas or coming up with strategies. So it's really good when you can find somebody that's interested in the craft and that can actually help you go to the next level. Yes, I do do those. And in the past, I've done it extensively. But now what I do is I'll let the client call and schedule a what you call a laser focus session with me. And I do charge a fee for it because you're right, it is outside of what I normally do. And it does take a lot of time, but it's a very, very vital thing that needs to be done. So thank you. Absolutely. Not a problem. Yeah. And I I just had a, a couple of additional questions for you. And I know with this one, I'll go back to it because you may think of some other things that, that you could add to it. I know you mentioned Busker and, you know, social media and that the current state of the industry, a lot of it is fan driven. So what influences, like today's technology, you know, obviously there's uh, influence on the entertainment industry and pop culture, but anything that you may want to add specifically, definitely do so. Well, I mentioned the social media sites, and then also, I don't know if you would call this technology, but I subscribe to about three different databases, which I pay quite a bit of money for, and there, and it contains insider information. So say if I had an artist and they wanted to open for... Justin Bieber, he's going, he's going on tour. So, and I have done this. I'll call, I'll get on the phone. I'll look at my database and then I will call his agent, his manager's office, and then find out who I need to speak with. And then I would try and make that deal happen. 
So that is a form of technology. It's, it's, they're called music databases. And I also have one that's also catered to people who are looking for international performances. I have one for that as well. And then also I have one tied into the movie industry. So I have quite a few different databases that I have access to. And there's not anybody that I can't reach. reach. Yeah. Not that I, even if I can't make the deal with them, I can still reach their people. You can still reach their people. And that is key. It's wonderful that, you know, in this day and age, like a lot of things that we're able to do, obviously we weren't able to do that, but just having that technology or even the reach to be able to make a phone call, even if, you know, like you said, even if you're not able to make it happen, just knowing that it's possible and knowing that you do have that reach is what's important. So that's, that's, that's excellent. I'm glad you mentioned that, is that you do have access to doing those things. Yeah, and it helps because I'm an agent. Once I let them know with an agency and I'm in L- out of L.A. or in L.A. at the time, they will definitely, I get through. So that definitely makes a difference. Yeah, and that's exactly. one of the reasons. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Let me, let me, let me add that. Yeah, she is a, a registered agent. So just, you know, no one can just kind of reach out and, and think that they're going to get through. There's enough cases of people come, coming in and stalking. That's not what we're talking about. But yeah, I mean, you know, professionally having those relationships and, and connecting, I like to call it, you know, connecting people and opportunities. So that's wonderful. So good. So good. So that brings me, and this has been a great discussion. I've learned a lot. I feel like you, you've given me a lot, a lot of homework. I think I'm going to go and do some research here in a bit. But just to wrap up, tell us where we can reach you online, where we can get more information about your firm's services. If there's a two cent that you want to throw in there, definitely feel free to do so at this time. What I want to say is I want to make sure that the artists are aware of the pitfalls that can occur in this industry. Yes, yes. And you know what? I, I'm going to interrupt you just because that is the question. That's one of the questions that I had written down. I know I was intending on asking you that. And that's, I'm glad I redirected for you to throw that in because that's probably going to be one of the most important that people hear on this podcast is, you know, you heard all the good stuff. But now we need to hear, you know, what are the pitfalls of being in the music industry? So forgive me for leaving that out, but I'm going to hand it over to you and you can let us know and tell us what are some of the pitfalls of being involved in the music industry or the entertainment industry in general? Okay, some of them I've already said, but I just want to reiterate in case it it was lost somewhere in there. First of all, make sure that if you've written lyrics, you're writing your music, whatever you've done, register with the U.S. Copyrights Office. Go online. Don't go through a third-party entity. Make sure it's the U.S. Copyright Office, the official one with the U.S. government. It's not very expensive. It may be anywhere from $35 to $45, and I believe that you can probably register at one point, and don't quote me on this, but you may be able to register multiple songs, maybe up to 10 tracks, Make sure that you register your music before you start to disseminate your music. And the reason why is that if a person takes your music and use it and violate your rights, it's an infringement. But guess what? It's extremely expensive to fight that. And the first step is before you can even fight it, you must have a registered copyright on any of your materials. And do not do not use the poor man copyright. Put something in an envelope, mail it to yourself. Don't do that. That's just a fallacy. Don't do that. And then make sure before you go into the studio to record 
with the producer or any other party, make sure you have a contract and make sure you have it listed in there. So we're hiring that all rights are yours. Make sure you understand what royalties they will expect. So that means that you need to get an attorney to help you with that, okay? Because you don't want to go in there and make really good music or, and then you can't use it. The other thing is do not sample beats and take those beats and make a recording. That happened. A guy came to me not too long ago, a beautiful song. It'd be perfect as an anthem to hip hop. But he had used someone else's beats and that person didn't want to release him and see we can't use it. So it's just bad. Why make music when you can't monetize? Think of your gift or your craft as a business. You are a business enterprise. If you look at everything from that perspective, you will naturally know that there are things that you need to do or your manager will know those things. That's important. You know, I, I, I can't stress it enough that a lot of times, especially musicians that, you know, may not know the full scope of how everything works, but registering the music, that's going to be the first thing. And, and definitely the contracts, just making sure that you can use whatever it is that you produce. And the other thing is, Make sure that you do not hand money to somebody who says that they're connected to the industry. It could be a remote connection. It could be a person who's a road manager for someone, or it could be somebody who's a cousin of a road, of a road manager for somebody famous, and they make the promise that they're going to help you break in and you pay them a thousand dollars. You just threw away a thousand dollars. Don't right. do that. Now, this is what I always tell people. If you have an attorney on board and you have access to an attorney, if a person comes to you and say they can make this and that happen because now they know that you're excited about making it, they know that's your goal, when you ask them, is it okay if my attorney sit in on our phone call or my attorney can meet you or sit in on our meeting, if that person says no, then that's a person you do not need to do business with. It's analogous to when I was in high school and a guy wanted to date me. If he didn't want to meet my father, then he didn't date me. But no, All right. Yeah. Now that, okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. You have to know who you're working with. Exactly. And the attorney will know what questions to ask. And even your manager hopefully will know what questions to ask and see credentials. Exactly. Yeah. Different work examples and, and just a track record in general. Yes. Excellent. This is such wonderful information. Such wonderful information, Rachel. Okay, let us know. I know we have the oh, name. Yeah. Yes. Covered. Sorry about that. No, no, I, I want to make sure that you include this because you may have some people interested in getting some more information from you. Covenant Creative Group, uh, that's separate from the Johnston firm. So I'll let you give yes. us the, the online websites, how to reach you, and we'll go ahead and get ready to close. So I'll hand it back over to you once again. Okay, thank you so much. Well, first of all, the Johnston Firm, it's, it's T-H-E, thejohnstonfirm.com. That's the law firm. And then let me give you an email that I use for everything. It's a central email. And it's, it's going to be R-Y, R-Y Johnston at Comcast.net. So it's R as in Rachel, Y as in yes, and then Johnston with the T at Comcast.net. I also have a Facebook page for Covenant Creative Group, and I have a Facebook page for the Johnston Firm. And you can find me on almost all forms of social media as Palace Attorney. 
So it's T-A-L-E-N-T, attorney, A-T-T-O-R-N-E-Y. Perfect. Sounds wonderful. Okay, and before you go, any special projects, any special events or anything that, that, that you have going um, this summer, anything exciting? Well, yes. I can't really give names right now because a lot of things we do kind of under the cover. But I have a, a person who is like a music mogul in hip-hop, rap, sort of, I guess you could call it kind of gangster genre of music. We're working on shopping him for a reality TV show. It's going to be based on his life. So we're doing that. We're in the preparation stage for that right now. I have some artists that are tribute artists that are working. I have other artists who are in the jazz, who are in blues, and also in just urban music in general. So I have some artists that I'm booking for those different areas. And I just want to say that I've worked with artists from all genres of music, country, rock, rap, hip-hop, Christian, inspirational music, and I believe I said pop and R&B. Yes, I work in almost all genres of music because it, from my perspective, it takes the same thing for them, you know, for me to help them. It takes the same steps. Same steps, maybe a, uh, definitely a different strategy for each. Exactly, based on what their music style is like. Yes, different contacts that I would reach out, but still I have to advise them on things that they have to do. They still have to have the contracts. They still have to have a manager, et cetera, et cetera. Wonderful. Perfect. Sounds good. Okay, so listeners, everybody, we have heard from Mrs. Rachel Johnston today, who's an attorney and also entrepreneur. Be sure to look her up on social media, Covenant Creative Group, and then also her law firm, which is thejohnstonfirm.com. Be sure to reach her with any of your questions or to get some more information about her services. Again, Rachel, thank you so much for being a guest, and we look forward to keeping track and touching base with you shortly. You have a great day. And thank you. And then also, if they like, I'll be glad to give them my, a, a basic number, a phone number if they want to call Oh, well. yeah, sure. My apologies. Okay. Please include. Oh, that's okay. The phone number is 425-443-5844. Okay, repeat it one more time just so we have it again. 425-443-5844. And that also, with my talent agency, as well as the law firm, that all my phones will ring into that number. It is a public mobile number. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Rachel. Thank you so much for the interview. Take care. Good luck, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us here on SOB. We hope this episode has been resourceful. If you'd like to check out the latest articles or follow Keetra's website updates, just log on to Keetra.com or follow her on Twitter at K-E-E-T-R-I-A.